Hello everyone, welcome again. We are the MI Guys with IFIOC. Uh, my name is John Gilbert, this is Tammy Calais, and this is Casey Jackson. Hello. And we are gonna be talking today about this whole concept around resistance or discord or tension and why would some people use this term discord and why would some people use resistance and what's this all about and so where i would love to start is tammy you were talking about why, what's this all about so just yeah. kind of the natural curiosity coming from where you've come from what's what's going on i'll start because i didn't even i hadn't even heard of this word discord until quite frankly recently i think spending time with you guys um so i didn't understand that there was a are they the same thing or are they <laughs> different meanings or yeah discord and resistance help me understand what that is it depends on who you ask which is great because okay. what this podcast webcast was going to be that tammy had written out was discord versus resistance <laughs> and which makes sense actually i didn't know <laughs> they're meant to be the same thing but in some ways there is a battle or there was a battle and resistance lost in that battle in the larger mi world so here is the, the, some of the history that leads up to it, okay. and this is why I love teaching motivational learning. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> it, all, it all fits together. Um, so originally, like if you would have asked people in, so MI, Miller starts to roll this out in 1983 and starts jotting thoughts down and publishes a journal article. Stephen Rolnick reads it. Miller swears that it's the only person that ever read any of his stuff. They started talking. It all starts to evolve. One of the core constructs from that very early dawning of motivational interviewing was rolling with resistance. There was the or skills, one of the constructs was rolling with resistance. There was literally these double letters. It was develop discrepancy, express empathy, amplify ambivalence, roll with resistance, support self-efficacy. It was never meant to be chronological, but DEARS was a really easy acronym. Oh. Or is DEARS, these were acronyms, mm -hmm. okay? So rolling with resistance. As they were looking, so resistance was the term. If you thought of motivational interviewing, you automatically know you're going to get taught on or skills. You know you're automatically going to be thinking about ambivalence. You're going to be thinking about rolling with resistance. That is what everybody thinks motivational interviewing is. And there's still the core constructs of motivational interviewing. Yeah. As Miller and Rolling started thinking about it, as more research came out, the way people started to perceive it, and this is where there was, this is where the MI field turned this direction. Okay. And <laughs> IFIOC is the field turned this direction, we were going this direction, that we kind of turned this direction. <laughs> so we didn't go this direction, but it had an impact on the way we were talking about it. Okay. And actually what it really did is it reinforced how we've always talked about it at IFIOC, um, how I've always talked about it as a trainer, and it, how we continue to stick along that path of using that term, but weaving discord in. So what the concept was about why the sharp turn happened is people were perceiving resistance as we were labeling the individual as being resistant. Oh. Exactly. Which is not in alignment with motivational interviewing. Um, well, we deal with resistant individuals. And what's so ironic about it, when I very first started studying motivational interviewing and started to train on it, it's just my, it's part of my brain that the parts that John and I, the very few parts that we overlap on, there is part of my brain that really wants to know how things work. Like I just need to know how it works. So I look up semantics because I need to know what I'm talking about. When I looked up resistance, I looked it up and it's mostly around physics is what resistance is. And resistance is the tension between two people or two things. Resistance literally is 
the, the physical force you can feel when there's an opposition. So mm -hmm. when you push against, I still remember reading parts about resistance that when you, there's not resistance in a beam, but you can measure resistance if somebody pushes against the beam. There's energy that's created. Mm -hmm. Or what I talk about in trainings a lot, you've seen the rubber band video or other things we talked about. When you pull on something, there's tension or resistance. But the way we've always trained it is the energy between two things. The way that it was perceived in most trainings or the way that participants started talking about it is this feels kind of pejorative. It feels like we're labeling people as being resistant. And I scratched my head going, we've never trained it that way. So Miller and Rolnick took that to heart and they were really thinking about that and wanting to destigmatize it because MI is such a person-centered, strength-based approach. They shifted the terminology to discord, mm. which means that there's a lack of harmony between the two. Mm. So when you think of music, if there's a discord, there's, there's something there. So what we started doing, and I always stuck with teaching resistance because that's just an easy construct, because the, the concept I like talking about, we've talked about this multiple times on podcasts, on the, the really brief ones, I always, in training, I'll pick up a rubber band or pretend like I pick up a rubber band, how much resistance is here, no resistance until what, until we pull on it, every time we open our mouth, we can create tension, we can reduce tension. I've always taught it as the energy between two things, which from that perspective is not wildly different than discord. The reason why I don't gravitate towards discord as readily, uh -huh. I think partly because my brain is so used to training this tension between two things, but discord, it's like that I'm chasing to find accordance. And if, if I think of it from discord, then I'm trying to find the right chord. That's what I think of to rectify that. With resistance, I think, oh, I can do very specific things to eliminate the resistance. I can drop the side of the rubber band. That just seemed like an easier functional way to teach it as far as the difference between discord because uh, the other thing, and this is, we're always falling into edges of controversy in the way that we approach motivational reviewing, but this is also the thing that I think about in MI, how we've really leaned from IFIOC's perspective or my perspective, or as we've talked about it more as a team, leaning away from relationship-based communication, that the way we look at behavior change, the way we look at behavior change starts to drift away from relationship but increases collaboration and partnership. Whole different podcasts we've talked about. But when you think of it from that perspective, if there's discord, then I'm trying to figure out how we work better together so there's a harmony between the two of us. Mm -hmm. That's not wrong, it's not inaccurate, it's not that it doesn't line up with MI, that's exactly the way it's taught in traditional motivational learning. The mainstream way of teaching MI, that's mm -hmm. the way that it's taught. But it, it feels like then you're trying to get into this sync or this relationship with the person, which is more this energy based, so yeah. we have accords between us. So what we've done to be, <laughs> so instead of sticking on our path, but not going to this path, and why we've kind of sticked to our path and kind of drifted a little bit, is I have no problem at all saying whatever this tension or discord or resistance, this negative energy between two things. Yeah. And so we've kind of lumped that terminology together, but what we use, the vernacular we use explicitly, is then we pick up the resistance talk and we use that language throughout our training. So does that make sense? Yeah, so, so in other words, people were, because you just said resistance talk, we're picking up the resistance talk, where they were just saying, oh, they're being resistant. Right. Okay, so, okay, now I'm understanding that how that sense? could be a little bit more challenging, because you're right. right, that is, no one, no one would like to hear, well, that Casey, he's resistant. Right. You know, that doesn't feel and good And that anymore. is terminology that we, I was raised in the addiction field in the 80s, that is, we use way worse language than that. But fundamentally what it boiled down to is, we deal with a lot of resistance. 
Actually, so much so, Tammy, and you've been in a lot of the trainings, yeah. you've facilitated trainings. One of the things that I'll say when I start to teach resistance and say, but there's no such thing as a resistant individual, because I've always given that message. And then what I tell people is, and then I have professionals say, well, take over half my caseload so you can learn what resistance is. Yeah. Because I've had people say, well, then you don't work with the same population I work because I work with very resistant individuals. Yeah. So I can see why the field and professionals and motivational wing wanted to destigmatize that and not label individuals because there's yeah. no labeling and motivational of the individual. It's literally paying attention to language so you get away from that stigmatization. Mm -hmm. And so I can see why the, sh the field shifted that way, but it doesn't feel like it aligns from the way my brain works. The concept of resistance in physics is the energy between two things, and I want to eliminate that resistance so we're just dealing with that individual. That construct is easier for me to talk around, uh, talk about, and build a structure around that construct and to build strategies for how we can do that more effectively instead of trying to manage the discord. I think both are accurate. I just want to say that. I think those yeah. are both accurate ways to communicate it. I just find that my brain is so much easier for me to build a construct around the concept of physics yeah. versus just kind of a semantics language game. Well, I think that's where my brain always gravitates to also because, again, I go, you know, when I say to my husband, why did you spend that money on that? It's not that he's resistant as an individual, but what I just said, you better believe that's going to create some resistance. <laughs> so yes. it's just it's just interesting to me because, yeah, I just, I guess, I just see it as the physics. So it makes more sense that it's not people are resistant or, or things are happening. It's more so this is what happens in communication. Yes. And we have the choice to either work on that resistance or feed into that resistance or feed into the engagement or lessen re engagement. And this, and this is why there's part of it that's a semantics dance. John, you can jump in. Part of the reason that this is semantics dance is because literally the example you just gave creates discord between you and Nick. Yeah. So, so that it's not that one of them's more right or more wrong or which one's more accurate. That creates, there is discord then at that point between the two of you. Yeah. If you guys aren't in accordance with each other, there's not a chord that's being hit. There's yeah. A, and and so, so, so there's no, it's not like, oh, there's a right and a wrong. It's just two different ways, which is why when you're originally thinking, oh, let's do a talk on discord versus resistance, <laughs> which I mean, it's a, it's a great concept if you don't understand yeah. what it is, yeah. but it really does tee it up to understand it's not really, they can, there's synonyms, but structurally we're really trying to look at how do we go about that. So this is why we didn't abandon or jettison the concept of resistance at IFIOC in the way that we train it. Mm -hmm. We just embraced the way we'd always train it because literally the way semantically discord was being um, defined was the way we had always defined resistance in tension between two things in a dialogue. Yeah. So, and we just stuck with that because it seemed like that really resonated with people's brains. And what I liked is when we actually changed that definition, or when we helped define that, it helped destigmatize with the professionals we were trained to go, oh, I guess, I guess when you look at that way, I don't have resistant clients. But there's a lot of resistance here. And I just thought that was a good way to destigmatize it yeah. instead of shifting the terminology to discord and thinking, well, I have discord with my resistant clients. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it just felt like it was a, a way to shift and educate um, in, a, in the same 
in the same way from a training perspective. Well, it also helps, sorry, with the physics of communication. Because again, Absolutely. it just, it takes it, instead of this person's being resistant, this is happening, rah, 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 it's just like, okay, this is the physics. This is, if you say this, that's gonna probably happen. Yes, <laughs> and I can drop the rope. Yeah. There, or I can pick up the rope and yank on it. Yeah. Um, so. But you have the choice. Exactly. Sorry. Which means it's easier to toss rope over to John. Yeah. Because <laughs> it tends to be tension. You guys are on a roll. Right? Yeah. I mean, I have thoughts, but no, you guys are riffing. It's like yeah, you're yeah, riffing. Yeah, I mean, you guys are like jazz back and forth here. It's great. Yeah. yeah. Um, no, I think there's, there, it depends what lens you want to look through is really what it comes down to. If you pick up the base level lens, the intention of why it shifted is the exact intention why you're talking about two entities and two things. It's to destigmatize the person you're speaking with and to serve them more effectively. Yes. That's the intention behind yes. both mm -hmm. of those processes. Now, if we take it one lens in, that might be the intention, but we all, we were just talking about this at lunch, have our different types of biases and yes. implicit biases yeah. and life experiences yes. that give us conscious or unconscious things that we see the world through. And a lot of people were seeing the world of stigmatization through the word of resistance. And they immediately equated this connotation of that means I'm stigmatizing. So anytime that word is used, it's bad, it's negative, it's stigmatizing. And so, mm -hmm that's where some people just have a visceral response from their own history and their own practice or whatever it's going to be and they don't get exposed to they don't get continuing education or they've never even thought about motivation learning from the angle of physics that's just not a common thing that's something very not look at us at mi but that is very unique to yes. a way to look at mi that we do at, at ifirc thanks to to your way of visioning that casey and i say that because that really then shapes well if someone hears that term, they might go, oh, like if you go to a Mint conference yeah. for the first time, right? Sorry. But then if you talk about it in the ways we're talking about it, it's like, oh, I see why. It's a way to educate and destigmatize them at the same time yes. to, help, to help them, like yes. you were just talking about. And if we can speak to the intentionality around it and really assume positive intent with where that's all coming from from each side mm -hmm. it really is going to shape a collaborative conversation instead of ironically one that creates discord talking about resistance or discord exactly <laughs> true exactly true I, yeah exactly because so, that's not the intention either no no because no. it's not meant to be a semantics dance it yeah. really is i think that's why we have drifted so much towards i, I mean i genuinely look at definitions and study them and think, is this the most accurate way to frame something? Because the more accurate we in the uh, are in the way that we articulate it, the more explicit we articulate it, the more we can build a solid structure around it. If you're using three or four different terms for the same thing, a naive brain, it just is like trying to build something on sand. I thought, I thought we were talking about this. Mm -hmm. It's like, well, we are talking about that. It's like, so this is that. Well, it's kind of that, but it's kind of not that. It's like. I just don't think I can build. I don't think I can build a structure on the sand. I just I know how naive brains work from training yeah. all these years, and you really want to give a solid, concrete foundation. And so that's why I tend to overthink some of the language that we do use. I should think about some of the language that comes out of my mouth, <laughs> but I need I overthink some of the language we use because I want it to be accurate yeah. and I want it to be solid, uh, basically. Um, structures to be able to if we can construct a solid structure 
then people can start to develop a mastery around that structure. But yeah. I want their fundamental structure to be solid. Yeah. So this is really interesting as we're talking. There's just two things to, to address, but this one is really big. By addressing resistance from a place of physics as we're talking about it, we're addressing the stigma around the word and its association. <laughs> right. By avoiding it and shifting towards discord, it's not bad. It, in my mind, creates a likelihood that now resistance becomes all the more strengthened in its stigma of stigmatizing people anytime it's used versus this shift of a more objective way of defining it and looking at it and approaching it and calling it out for what it is yes. versus avoiding that to call it this even though they're the same but because we're not comfortable with this we're going to do this with discord i, I like this john and and what just struck me too is one of the pictures that we show is the picture of the, there's a picture that we show of a little boy um, pushing the back of a donkey and it's a real black and white picture uh, a real photograph and it's just a kid leaning into the back of a donkey or a mule's rear end and the donkey's head is just looking at the little kid like what are you trying to do and to me that what you're just talking about captures the difference between resistance and discord i wouldn't say that there's not discord between the two but what i want professionals to understand is they're the ones that are creating the resistance. They're the ones creating the negative energy or the tension. So you could say they're creating the discord, but like I just look at that picture and I think, that's a good picture for resistance that we generate. And I know that the words, because I generate the slide, the words above that is the more attached we get to an outcome, the harder we push, the more we're generating the tension, the harder we push against somebody else's outcome. Literally as we push, the donkey's butt is pushing back. And what I tell people when I show that picture is, if I started this whole training off, and all I did was show you this picture and say, hey, where's the resistance here? Most people look at that and go, oh, it's a donkey. The donkey's being a stubborn mule. They're, they're being resistant. And I said, if we're gonna measure the resistance, where do you measure resistance? Oh, it's between the kid's shoulder and the donkey's butt. That's the pressure, that's the measurable pressure point that's being created, which means if the kid would stand up, Ironically, the donkey's head swings around and they might walk forward. So that's that energy is a different energy than discord. So it's not wrong, it's not, it's not wildly different, but resistance is a better explanation of what we do. And this is the part of what you were talking about with the stigmatization and how avoiding it can actually reinforce the stigma around it. This is a way of just going, oh, we just flipped it on its head that it's not a resistant individual we're the one who's picking up the tug-of-war rope as a professional at times. We're the ones pushing our agenda or pushing the outcomes because we need it for our program, we need it for our funding, mm -hmm. we need these mm -hmm. outcomes. So we're pushing this agenda. But, and then we get frustrated that people aren't showing up for their second appointments or no-show after an intake. And we're just like, oh, they're just not ready for treatment. That, that, is, that feels different to me than discord, if that makes sense. Mm -hmm. so, so that's why, again, I think that they can be used synonymously. I don't think that one is right or wrong by any stretch, but it's why it's really what's helped us actually, you know, as you get even more on board with this mm -hmm. of understanding contextually why, just as a deference to the MI field, why we incorporate using resistance or discord, we'll throw it in conversation or when we train, but when we teach, we teach resistance and say, you know, it's the same as discord or tension or just negative energy between two things. 
we're calling it resistance because that's the way we're defining this energy between two things. And this is why it's not a versus. Um, it's not explicitly a versus, it's just a different that's mm -hmm. exactly it. Yeah. Something sparked you though when we were talking about the stigmatization. So. Well, I just had a question and I don't know if I should ask it, but <laughs> might as well. Yeah. I'm so, keeping in mind like three other things. I was like, just to, so we'll see. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I mean, it's yeah. the point of the podcast. Yeah. yeah. So. so, my question is does everyone else, because IFIOC does some unique things in the industry and everything, yeah. do, does everyone else teach the different types of language that is being? heard in conversations so you're asking this in relation specifically to, to resistance, the resistance talk yeah, exactly yeah that's what i figured so does everyone teach on resistance talk or do they or just sustain teach talk. on because so does everyone teaching are we paying attention to the language that we're hearing or are we just saying oh yeah again goes back to are they're just being resistant versus again anyone me sitting here right now could be happy-go-lucky and then all of a sudden i could throw out a yeah it's not a good day and you know, and all yeah. of a sudden you've got some resistance talk. Sorry. I'll, I'll just mention the first step, and Casey, feel free to go much further into this, is some people don't even use the term resistance talk. Right, I was going to okay. say that. And that's where there's controversy over using that term because of exactly everything we've just been talking about exactly. around it stigmatizing the person versus it being a type of, as you could call it, blame talk, a sort of type of talk that's neutral, this is just a label for it, right? Yeah. Uh, versus it has this connotation. So th that connotation is part of why, I don't know the full, all the reasons, uh, but part of why not everyone teaches resistance talk. Okay. So that's its own difference thing right there. Okay. Some people lump what we would term is that blame outside the self type talk okay. that we term as resistance talk. They lump that in with sustained talk. Okay. So yes. then they do teach sustained talk. One flavor talk. of sustained talk is when you're pushing against people, that's a form of okay. yeah. sustained talk. Okay. Yeah. And then, then they're, yeah, they're, they're lumping that together to all be sustain-ish in some yeah. sort of a way. And so that's, that. that's like yes. a first yeah. step, right? And, and the intention is the same that we mm -hmm. talk about, but it's kind of like, again, like you're getting at, if you can pay attention to the process, it's different than stigmatizing the person. Yeah. And that's what the types of talk can do. And I'll just add to this too, it's like saying someone with this topic is in deep pre-contemplation. Like yeah. you were talking about yes. earlier, Casey, of you might think you have someone that you're working with or the more stigmatized way is dealing with that uh, is very resistant. And that could feel very true for you or very, and there are some incredible situations, some yes. of the prisons that you used to do yes. with people doing some of the most antisocial stuff. And yet, if you really step back, they might be in deep pre-contemplation or have zero ambivalence. Mm -hmm. But you are in preparation for them to change mm -hmm. and or have a lot of ambivalence about what they're doing. And so I say that because it really gets at this thing of, of your, your asking, we tend to ironically pay less attention to the process and try to take away the destigmatizing terms and do these or skills in MI but if we just paid attention to the process more mm -hmm. of the types of talk, not from a stigmatized place, from the physics of what's happening, yeah. it will have the outcome 
of destigmatizing them yeah. without the need to get into a bunch of semantic stances. So I think that's just an important thing. Yeah. So <laughs> that's, when you say that, okay. it just cracked open a whole Pandora's box that I'm gonna <laughs> that I'm gonna try to keep most of the lid on. I still got two things. I was okay. just <laughs> and this one just blew this whole box okay. open for me in terms of what we've tried to do it ifioc what i've tried to do as a trainer with john you know is parallel keeps me on track is the culture of motivational reviewing is a is an international family that i am always honored to be part of mm -hmm. it's it's i'm just honored to be part of it it's just humbling truly brilliant compassionate minds from around the world and we are blessed to be part of that Beyond blessed, to be just in, in Estonia, the, the, the international yes. group just finished actually yeah, last week in Estonia yeah. in Tallinn, mm -hmm. and um, what I love about it is we're all trying to row the same direction. Yeah, but you've got really brilliant minds that think in slightly different ways. Which Bill Miller, who is truly an exceptional human being, truly an exceptional human being. Mm -hmm embraces it and doesn't own any of that even though this was his brainchild mm -hmm. and what blows the lid off of it for me is what we have tried to do what i've always tried to do as i've progressed in my training my understanding of motivational reviewing is stay away from fads and trends and stick to a structure that can hold water no matter how much challenge it gets which is why I lean towards physics. And this is where the like could blow the, especially give us a couple of beers or a bottle of wine and, <laughs> and it's all over. Um, it's like, we can go off forever on this. But when we stick to a physics perspective, Bill Miller is the one who wrote a book on quantum change. When you talk quantum, you are talking metaphysics. So, what we're trying to do is look at truly the physics behind change. And I know what some people do, especially when you're first learning to train MI, is you want to follow the field. Oh, and I've, I've seen this happen multiple times. Oh, this just came out. I've got to change all my slides. Mm -hmm. and, and this happens all the time. Oh, they just wrote about this. I've got to change all my slides. And there's nothing wrong with that. Yeah. Because they genuinely are trying to be at the forefront of a field that evolves based on research. Yeah. But what ends up happening is you can train all these things, and as your brain is learning it, you literally can leave your, your uh, participants or the people that you're training behind mm -hmm. as you're trying to continue to evolve and move this. What we really have been dedicated to doing is building an internal infrastructure inside their brain so they can start to hear some of that terminology or if there's shifts in and evolutions in the field of MI, that they have a solid structure to work from instead of feeling like, okay, they just knock this wall and drag it away. Yeah. We're not using that anymore. It's like, oh my God, what happened? And then we start to put up this paper mache wall that has just been announced and they try to build something solid around that. Yeah. And then all of a sudden you look at four walls that weren't the original four walls and is it the original motivational interview? Is it the intention behind it? And then when I try to step back into Bill Miller, Dr. William Miller's brilliant brain, is that's, I mean, he, I I don't think that he didn't know what he didn't know, and he knows so much, but even from a metaphysical perspective or quantum change, is there is malleability to it, but there's also structure and measurability to it. Yeah. And I think that's the dance that every 
person that's obsessed with MI that wants to train on it or communicate it or you know, impart that wisdom to other professionals really wants to embody that, which means you're not going to always have everybody training exactly the same thing. Really, I think it would be very rare that every single two-day intro training you went to, to 100 different MI trainers, they're not going to be 100% the same. Yeah. What I would say is that 99 of them in that two-day training are going to train you the order skills. Yeah. Um, because that is a fundamental structure. The activities they do, some of the things they have you practice, some of the videos they have you watch, there's going to be some variability in that. Some, some basics, but some variability. But it's also going to go with what the field has kind of said yeah. you're supposed to do or when something else gets published. Um, and I think that's the difference between going on trend and then I think what some people have said, well, we, we tend to f people tend to feel that we're more cutting edge because we listen to what's on trend but we also look at the foundation underneath it, so we don't make these, we don't chase that information. We try to find out how do we keep building a solid structure and, and sticking to the structure, unless literally something gets uprooted and says, we know this has zero impact on behavior change, that's when we've jettisoned parts of our training. Yeah. It's like, oh, that was a core construct, but data is consistent that that doesn't have a, an impact on sustained behavior change. And if the field of MI has said, yeah, research is really clear, this isn't part of MI, or this doesn't create sustained behavior change, then it's just like, we can no longer message that because we're not trying to hold on to the message. We're trying to keep a structure intact that it has validity um, and structure and yeah. reliability behind it. So, well, if that makes sense. That does make sense. I will just add a comment because I just want everyone to understand and know too. The beauty with learning things in different ways is everyone learns differently. Absolutely. So, I mean, if you've trained it one way, you know, and no one else trained it differently, you're probably speaking to maybe, you know, I don't know, 50% of the population or something, but you're still leaving like 50% of it behind. Mm -hmm. I have no real statistical data. That, <laughs> just well, I would add, and I'm not selling this, we don't make any endorsements, but there yeah. is a wonderful book called Make It Stick that taps into that and yeah. that our own perceptions of our preferences for learning could sometimes be different than what actually makes it stick for the yeah. long term. And yes. so that's... <laughs> and that's more we know role plays. Yeah. Casey, yeah, can exactly. we do more role yes. plays? Casey, yeah. more role plays. <laughs> <laughs> so there's there's all all this that goes into that, but I just want to come in to ask this or well address, and then we can kind of riff off depending on how much time we have. But first, I'll start with bringing it back to the resistance versus the discord. There's this sense of what you were just talking about, Casey, around does it affect outcomes? And we know there's an article out there by Dr. Uh, Terry Moyers and some others that I don't know all the authors, but is low empathy toxic? Oh. And it speaks to this idea, it's maybe not explicitly around discord and resistance. Yes. And the idea though is that we know that resistance or discord ha affects outcomes, hard yes. outcomes, outcomes that really people measure with blood work and everything else for recidivism and violent crimes. We know that these things matter. So if it matters so much, even Dr. Susan Butterworth would say if you're going to help an organization help them towards person-centered and kind of do no harm, which we talk about in some of the MICA uh, podcasts. And how do you really do that shift? It's by eliminating or trying to decrease as much as possible resistance. And how to do that, what this requires or what we're asking of people, is that you self-reflect and take responsibility. Yes. There is this wonderful book I'm reading now and 
and I could get into it, but it's what does the term really, really mean? It's being able to respond and feeling able to respond, responding ably. So if we take that responsibility back in the way that we're talking about of this is between two things, we have then the power to influence this thing, as Voltaire would talk about. And it gets into, if we take responsibility, we have the power to decrease resistance. But if we want to call it something else, if we want to call it discord, but still not take responsibility, that's a fine line. And that's what I wanted to get into, is that it can be very, very powerful and functional as long as discord is saying, or the way it's being interpreted and taught, is that we play a role in how much this discord or lack of harmony or resonance is happening. That really matters, but if we're saying, oh, that's discord and that exists out here, and I don't play a part of it, that's a different way to look at discord than to really look at the physics of what's going on. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why I know that the way that it is talked and trained, tri most recent tradition is that discord is the energy between two things. Mm -hmm. There's something is not sinking between the two of us, and I have accountability in that as the professional to find a way to get that cord to, to harmonize more effectively. Yeah. The onus is on me. And we know that we do that through empathetic listening, through mm -hmm. active empathetic listening is how we... Which can be for sustained talk or towards mm -hmm. guiding, which is its own strategy. Right. But if you don't have the intention underlying that I'm here to take responsibility to step in this person's shoes and then be strategic from there, that's where you can decrease resistance and guide by eliminating and guiding at the same time. But so many of us have just, myself included, having low empathy coming into MI, how do you even just get out of your own head? How do you step in and, and at first repeat what someone's saying and then from there yes. kind of fake it till you make it if you need and then really feel someone else's feelings and say what they're going through? Once you, once you can operationalize or embody that piece of it, then you know that you have this ability to really do it and and by it i mean decrease resistance mm -hmm. decrease discord but a piece that you're bringing up casey that i think is important as we're coming towards the end is there's we're just talking about associations or connotations with words right and that even the fact that we're talking about um according or or, or harmonizing that tends to have an association with, well that's our timer to, to stop here soon, um, with relationships. And if we're going to stay away from creating this about me relating to you, then that logically means we're not going to create or train on these kinds of words that perpetuate that. Instead right. we're going to keep it as clean as possible that this relates to this, that relates to this. You're going to take responsibility, you're going to be of service, but that doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to harmonize in a relating sort of a way. And I think right. that's really that fine line to walk of, of where they start going in different directions. You know, and the way that I would summarize this, the way I'd pull it together, regardless of which term you use, it's what's the intention because what's part mm -hmm. two. Mm -hmm. So the intention, whether, you're, whether you never teach resistance talk and you only take an amalgam of sustained talk that includes that, or whether you differentiate between resistance talk, resistance talk, sustained talk, regardless, irrespective of any of that, what the purpose of eliminating discord or reducing resistance or eliminating resistance has to do with is what you want to be able to do is get through any pushback or any 
thing where there's just tension or energy that's not productive. Mm -hmm. So you can shift into a shoulder-to-shoulder -shoulder collaborative process mm -hmm. to help this individual get on the path to get them where they want to go. So no matter how you define it, you want to eliminate it. Mm -hmm. that, that's not going to bode well if there's that negative energy, no matter how you, whatever semantically you call it. Yeah. So fundamentally, no matter what you define it as, you need to strategically eliminate that so you can get access to where do they ultimately want to go and how can we co-create the best possible solution or resolution to what they're wrestling with. Mm -hmm. that's, that's what it all boils down to in mm -hmm. this whole process is whatever that is, whatever you call it, you need to be mindful and strategic in minimizing or eliminating that if you wanted to move to a more productive conversation. Mm -hmm. And no one can argue with that. It's like, that's just as one plus one equals two. Yeah. If there's discord and tension, it's not going to be as collaborative as if you've eliminated all that. Mm -hmm. So you want to eliminate that energy, whether you call it resistance or discord or tension, so you can actually be able to go, what are they struggling with? So it's not focused outside themselves. Where would they rather be? And what's a path to help get them there? Mm -hmm. From a values-based place, yes. based off of their agenda that's not just about the target behavior, but it's about happier and healthier. And when it's based off of their agenda over your agenda, that is by definition compassion mm -hmm. in MI. And if we have that compassion and we pair it with empathy, we can be ethically influencing people to really be better versions of themselves. And if we're very aware of lots of things going on, we can help guide that process to be just that much better people in our society. And I think we have a whole podcast on how would MI play out if it was across society. So yes. uh, check that out if you haven't. One just, last, oh, I was gonna ask of you. Well, just, just so quick yeah, to yeah. that. I mean, yeah. we just talked about if it played out in society, more compassion, more empathy out there. And, who wouldn't want that in our society? Absolutely. Yes. Well, well, there are people that prefer to hold power and concentrate ah. it, and they might not like that. That's so true. Uh, it depends on your intentions, like we were talking about. But I just want one last question as we're wrapping to a close here. You started this off with the idea of this whole thing. So, from where you've been to where you are now, what for you is later. just yeah. the, the thing that resonates the most, maybe ironically, or uh, the thing that you've taken away that is just extra clear now? So it's not opposing items. Because yeah. I just originally thought it was opposing Your items. Points are, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's just the same thing, just different ways to phrase it, essentially, mm -hmm. um, is the simple way that I've taken yeah. away from that. So yeah. You know what strikes me about this, honestly? is it really reinforces, you know, that it's for us, it's really beyond a tagline. I just literally listen to this. I, I think about other webcasts we've done. I think about other podcasts we've done. And it truly is providing a communication solution that will change your world. Mm -hmm. I mean, so there is the catchphrase. It is the name of the podcast. Um, that is the title of it. But then I sit here and I listen to it and I just think, wow, these are great communication solutions that could change their world. <laughs> <laughs> so it's just like, duh. Yes! That is... I mean, so, you know, when we came up with that, it does line up. You know what I mean? Yeah. It just, it is, it's wild that it really does fit together. These are communication solutions that really do have an impact on our world mm -hmm. and can change the way things unfold. So it's just ironic. It's the thing we tend to wrap up with is we do provide the communication solution that will change your world. Yeah. And it's just that aha moment that struck me as I was thinking mm -hmm. that we're wrapping up too. Mm -hmm. Like, wow, these are really good solutions. Yeah. So it's good information. That's why we believe in them. Absolutely. <laughs> and if you would like to hear some specific breakdowns of resistance you experience or discord you experience or ways of 
navigating that in your own world, we'd love to hear some specific examples so that we can riff off of that to really provide you with that solution. But we won't know what to address unless you speak up. So please do. Thank you for your time. Absolutely. Hopefully it's been worth it, and we wish you guys the best. Thanks a lot. Appreciate Bye. it. Take care.